Welcome to Down by the Bank, sponsored by Brewers Pizza, Orange Park, and Clay County's only brew pub. This is Corey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Derek. What's up, y'all? It's JK3. Really exciting uh, game win over the Denver Broncos, last second field goal. Uh, this season's just completely turned around. What do you guys think? Boy, it, it feels good to be on the opposite side of the Cardiac Cats. Like, you know, when you, you when they, they get the ball and you just – bound something bad to happen and you're just so just hyped that something's going to happen and then it actually happens you're just like oh but now this is the opposite way for it to go around and uh i was at uh buffalo wild wings in the town or in the uh avenues watching the game and it was crazy man it was uh you know a lot of people jumping up and down screaming um so yeah it was awesome awesome win the beauty of it is it's not just exciting for the W, man, which, you know, that's the, the, the end result, which, you know, as fans we love, but just the excitement around the team, man. Just There's all kind of excitement right now with Minshew. I mean, it's it's all but yeah, – I won't say it's completely smothered the Jalen situation, but it definitely – you've got your, your yin and your yang. It's like, oh, geez, there's the Jalen crap. But then, hey, you know, we got a quarterback, man, and – it just feels good. It feels really good to, to to look forward to the game, to know that we're going to score more than uh, ten points or three points, and uh, yeah, yeah. hopefully, uh, you know, we we have a chance to win the game. I, I think it has drowned out a, a lot of the Jalen Ramsey talk. To be real with you, man, because I mean, you know, even though he's still day to day listed with his back, you know, it's it hasn't been as much as what we thought it was going to be. Uh, you know, and a lot of the coverage. I think people are just either that or just tired of talking about Jalen and tired of the, you know, just wondering if he's going to be there because you either fall on two sides, either opposite sides of the coin with Jalen Ramsey. You either agree with him or you don't. You know what I mean? There's no real gray area, you know, in that. But I think one thing that everybody can come together and agree on is that, you know, Minshew uh, mania is it's still it's still going strong. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely crazy. Like if he didn't pan out and and play the way he has, think about where we'd be at this season. I mean, it's just crazy how the odds of him turning out to be what he is has completely turned everything around. Who was the guy that came in for Bortles um, last year and everybody was putting hope on him? Um, Kessler. Yeah, Cody Kessler. You know what I mean? Like it could have just been one of those situations again. It's just amazing how it's played out. What's the update on the Ramsey thing, by the way? Is that still a stalemate or is he going to play or what's the word on that yeah it's still uh stalemated right now he's you know day-to-day with the back apparently and as far as the trade goes the rumor is the eagles offered two first round picks which if you really look at it could technically be two late first round picks if they make the playoffs and so that was the reported reason on why the jags didn't do it quite frankly i think they didn't do it because con doesn't want to that's mm-hmm. all there is to it. You got a businessman making a business decision, and the business decision for him is that you got a guy that's going to put fans in the seats. You can hold on to him for two, technically three more years, uh, if they exercise both franchise tags on him. So, at the end of the day, they just, he's just not going to pull the trigger until he feels like it, um, or some team comes along that's dumb enough to give us two first-round picks that may not be doing too well and/or 
uh, you know, who knows, even something even more ridiculous than that. So I think he's going to be here for as long as Khan decides that it's not time for him to be here anymore. I really think they got to wait, honestly, and evaluate the trade market. I think, you know, you got to trade him because right now you it's still the first quarter of the season is just over with or just began. You know, so we're four games deep into the season. So draft picks to me right now really don't mean squat because you don't know where you're going to end up picking. So if you pick, mm-hmm. if you trade a first-round draft pick or two first rounds, you know, what if your team decides to make a, you know, a, a good run? What if Jalen is that spark to your team and you go deep into the playoffs and now you've got a 22nd pick and like a 26th or, you know, 28th pick or something like that, you know what I mean? God forbid, you know, the, the team you trade them to wins the Super Bowl. Now you've got a, a, a 32nd pick, you know what I mean? So the realistic approach probably, you know, would be to – and what I'm thinking is that they should just keep him till if, – if you want to trade him, I understand that. But trade him in the offseason. That way you got everyone's cards, everyone's bluffs, and you know when it's going to happen. You trade this guy probably – if you decide to trade him. I'm not saying you should, but if you do, it should probably be around, um, you know, March, April time frame. Or trade him on draft night, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, that's that's what I mean. What kind of trade? That'd be great trade bait, just to trade him on draft night. But again, here it is. It is October. We need to avoid talking draft, uh, and, and the Jags because we're so used to it. So we're yeah. not talking draft now. But yeah, I saw this one guy, and I know this is like the worst place to find sports takes ever. But in the Facebook comment section, um, <laughs> he, he was like, he was like, man, we need to. Uh, what did he say? He was like, we need to bench him uh, for the rest of his contract and ruin his career. And I was like, wow, that's a. I mean. There's just some really dumb fans out there, but um, I don't know. I'd like to keep them. I hope they can they can fix it and have them uh, have them come back because I mean, obviously, and you guys tell me. I mean, again, I heard uh, this morning. Um, I keep wanting to call it um, SF SFR. Is that what they used to call it? Now it's the drill with Hicken and yeah. Was it called SFR? Wasn't it like SFR Sports Final Radio? No, I don't think so. I've always Sports Final Radio drill. used to be used to be yeah. um like something at at the, at the end of the games. I think. And, yeah, yeah. Are the you sure? I'm positive. Yeah. The drill's not what it was always called. I'm willing to bet right now, actually. Okay. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I I've always known it as the drill, but uh, you could be right. I don't know, but that's what I've always known it as. All right, well, if uh, any of the tens of our fans out there want to uh, tweet us and, and see if that's uh, accurate, I'm pretty good. Because I think what it was based off of was – maybe I'm wrong, actually. I don't know. I, just, <laughs> I don't know. It, it just sounds familiar. But anyway, they were talking about um, – it was something to do with Ramsey. I don't remember. But just basically uh, – oh, about Trey Herndon. They were saying uh, there was a big debate about whether it was actually Trey Herndon's fault that he was getting, you know, torn up in that game or if it was more to do with the pass rush. Of course, Jalen Ramsey is going to make a little bit more of a difference if you have him back there versus Herndon, but um, what do you guys think about that? I mean, did that really show Ramsey being gone maybe takes that uh, edge off the defense that would get us into the you know playoffs uh, to be a real competitor? Anytime you have a, a, a – Ramsey is a once-in-a-five-year talent when it comes to the DB position. Um, meaning that you, you really have a guy that comes in that highly touted and, you know, picked in the top five that can talk the talk and back it up. Now, he's definitely had some, you know, 
up and downs, but he's also shadowing the team's number one wide receiver. With Denver, they you know they got you know two guys, uh, Sanders and uh, Sutton, uh, that can you know are good wide receivers, especially uh, Sanders. And Flacco, although, yeah, he's Joe Flacco, he can deliver the ball when he has time. So make no mistake about it, it wasn't a coincidence that they were able to go after you know, Herndon. Herndon, it was playing. It was, it was the game plan to go after him. That's why it looked like it looked bad. They schemed around our weakest part of the team on defense. That happens. It's the NFL. So will Ramsey make a difference? Yes, in two ways. One, you can't really if you scheme to go after him, you might get bit, and, you know, with a, with a pick or you know a bunch of swatted balls and complete passes. But then two, also, he's just you know he's a heck of a ball player. So uh, I don't think that Trey, you know, Herndon, there's nothing he could have done differently. You know, the team helped him as much as they could, but they were going to go after him regardless. And another thing too is that you, you're playing a completely different opponent. So last, uh, you know, two weeks ago we we, uh, we played Houston two or Houston um, a couple weeks. Oh yeah, so you played Houston two weeks ago. Excuse me, three weeks ago now. And so with that, you know, people are asking where are the nine sacks and you know, where's all this other stuff and everything. And the thing about it is, man, you you've got two different type of quarterbacks, you know, that you're playing. One with Deshaun Watson, who is going to really try to ad lib and do the most that he can and dance around in the pocket. So as long as you contain him there, you know, you're going to get sacks. And two with Mariota, you know, also, uh, you know, two weeks ago as well with Mariota, he kind of still has that same ad lib mentality. Uh, you know, with him as well. That's going to give you the opportunity to sit back there and create and try to create a bull rush and run after him and contain. Um, you know, Joe Flacco is a, a veteran quarterback. If the ball is not or if the play is not there, he's throwing the ball away. He's making one, maybe two reads and throwing the ball away. And I think that's what they, you know, pretty much did. If he's getting the ball out, I mean, it's uh, more of an elevated Patrick Mahomes you know, type of thing where Mahomes is not going to give you the opportunity to get to him at all because he's got such a quick release, uh, and then he relies on his legs. Secondly, as opposed to Joe Flacco, he is going to literally either make one, two, throw the ball away, reads. You know what I mean? So it's got to be a very special, you know, I would say, you know, an exotic blitz, blitz package to actually get to him. Um, and, you know, most of the blitz packages and most of the things that were coming from, from us, you know, he exploited. I mean, the, the touchdown that he threw to uh, Noah Fant, you know, that was – I think that was probably in a busted coverage. And then, again, going back to Trey Herndon, he made one great play uh, in the game, but Jalen Ramsey and Trey Herndon are not in the same league. They're not in the same mm-hmm. class. You cannot expect Trey Herndon to come in and, and perform at the Jalen Ramsey level of, of play. I mean, I understand that it's the NFL, it's next man up and blah, 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 but the facts are the facts. He's not as less, as – athletic as Jalen Ramsey um you know he's not as as aggressive as Jalen Ramsey and he's not Jalen Ramsey you know you can't expect a Jalen Ramsey's backup to come in and perform perform like him you know yeah so I mean I guess that's I guess the whole point of me even bringing that up is is it crucial that we get Ramsey back and we try to make amends or do you think we can continue on the rest of the way with with Herndon or whomever else we plug in there it depends. Actually, you know what I mean? To actually be a, com- a competitor when it comes to the playoffs and potentially a Super Bowl. I mean, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but... It depends on how much is the team rallied around him and how much is, is Jalen really 
uh, about himself. You know, you've got, you know, the fan base is basically split 50-50. Some people are calling him a douche. Some people are calling him, you know, still the top corner in this league. Um, is he being selfish? Sure he is because he wants to get paid, and he's only the only person that could look out for him is him. But he he would definitely make a difference. He would definitely make a difference. That's all there is to it. He would definitely make a difference because you have to account for where he is on the field at all times. Case closed. Anytime you got a quarterback, I don't care who it is. If they have to account for where one guy on your defense is at all times, that's a good thing because you got him thinking. You know, it makes the game plan that much harder. I, I disagree with you, man, because, I mean, it, it's not like Jalen is the quarterback. You know, it's not like he's touching the ball every play. I, I get what you're saying where you have to you, you have to account where he is, but there are things that can happen away from him that could lead to the Jaguars losing. Busted coverages. Um, they could throw, you know, anything, you know, separate the field in halves four quarters and isolate him out on the island by himself and just say, okay, we're going to take this matchup away. Our, our tight end, our running back, and our other maybe two and three receivers are going to have to show up. And if that in, – in the case in that, you know, you've got DJ Hayden, you still got AJ who is still kind of playing okay, um, and then you've got Ronnie Harrison also back there in the secondary. I mean, there is obviously a weak link in the secondary now, but – and I don't get this wrong. I, I want Jalen as much on the team and as much on the field as well, but the Jags did show that they could win a game without him. Well, the, the, the part where they won the game was because Denver just isn't that good, you know. Uh, Denver is obviously is an NFL team, but they're just not good. Um, and, and Minshew was playing so well. So when I look at it as, yeah, we can always use a, a talent like Jalen Ramsey, but as far as the momentum in the team and the fact that also, you know, we finally got the running game going, that, that, that's why we won. Yeah. Um, that's so funny you said that. That was literally the next thing I was going to transition into was where that came from with Leonard Fournette and the fact that when I texted you guys that he was third in the league in rushing, it was like the most mind-blowing revelation ever. That that was so weird when you, when you said that. I was like, he's third in the league in rushing. Like, good night, dude. I mean, through four games, but still. Yeah, still. I mean, still. If you remember that last game where it was like every time they handed the ball, he just immediately got tackled or lost yards. It just seems unbelievable. But like we said, I mean, it's like once you get a 200-yard game, it kind of helps boost you up a little bit. I mean, with the, with the offensive line, man, I, I'm, I'm kind of upset at those guys, to be real with you, because it's – they they either they they played great they ran you know great schemes and great blocking you know on on uh, on uh, Sunday but still I mean Cam Robinson you know the holding there there was at least two I mean Cam Robinson had a couple penalties Cam Cam almost got us out of field goal range at the end of the game arguing with Bradley Chubb or whoever he was arguing with in the game so number one um, you know the I amount thought, of I thought he was arguing with Fournette. He was arguing with someone. He was arguing with, I don't know if it was Bradley Chubb or Von Miller. It was someone on the opposite side of the ball that was arguing with him and was getting in his head. And then Fournette, I think they took him out, and Fournette came over and was basically trying to be a leader and telling him to get his head in the game. And, you know, they were going to lose. Because, if, again, you think about that, that's an unsportsmanlike uh, penalty. That kicks us out of field goal range. And don't forget about the holding call that was either on um, it was either on 
Cam or it was on Jawan Taylor. Uh, I can't I can't uh, remember on which one it was on, but when he threw the when uh, Minshew threw that absolute dime to DJ Chark and it was called back because of the holding. You know, so the offensive linemen, they've got to clean that stuff up. I mean, and the amount of penalty yards that they had on Sundays was ridiculous. When I look at the, the O-line, it's like I, I just blink and I'm just like, oh, geez, here we go again. They're, it, it's so weird how they, they – you would figure that they'd be coming together as a unit. Um, but it seems like, you know, there's, there were a lot of injuries last year. So, you know, who knows if that's holding it up or it's the fact that we just don't have guys that are talented. Um uh, I don't know what's going on. Um, I, what I do know is sometimes, you know, Minshew's made some exceptional plays with his feet um, that have helped us uh, as far as buying more time. And then also the, the fact that we're getting a lot of uh, man coverage. That's another, that, that's another reason why the passing game has looked pretty good because we're getting a lot of man coverage because we're getting a lot of eight-man fronts because they're trying to stop the run. Like I said a couple episodes ago, I'd be curious to see when they finally start uh, game planning for Minshew as far as leaving that safety back there, what's going to happen with the running game and the offensive line play. Because I don't even think we can block four guys right now, let alone a blitz package. You know, like four, uh, four down linemen, you know. We're just not, we're just not winning. They're just not winning at the point of, att- point of attack. Yeah, well, fortunately, I mean – I know the uh, first quarter of the season, and maybe you guys can give some uh, insight as to as to what your th- thoughts are on how the first quarter of the season's gone overall. I mean, obviously it's ended well. It could have been better because, like we talked about before, that uh, the game at the end where we decided to go for it instead of potentially going into overtime, we could have a winning record right now. Um, but just that being said, what are your guys' thoughts on the uh, first quarter this year, and what are your uh, thoughts kind of envisioning how we're going to produce uh, the rest of this uh, upcoming quarter? Some takeaways for me, you know, have been the uh, the offense. You know, I'm really excited and really just 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 done really to see how the offense has, has performed over the last, uh, you know, four games. I mean, you score, you know, 20-plus points in three out of the four games, and, you know, you lose one, obviously, to Kansas City. But, you know, you, you put that up, that, that many points up on the board. It's, it's just it, – it's awesome. It's really awesome to see, you know, uh, Minshew uh, – I mean, going back to the Kansas City game when Nick Foles got hurt, man, you know, you can just see it was like a gut punch. Everyone was just kind of – you know, we couldn't believe what was actually happening, couldn't believe that, you know, this, this – here we go again. And then it's like – we, how do we actually luck into Minshew and with it being a, you know, the, the quarterback that has kind of taken over, you know, just really the nation, really. I mean, you know, we've got national writers talking about, uh, you know, the Jags and, you know, some of the things that we've done in this first quarter of the season. Um, you know, so that's always a plus. And then, again, you know, I think the defense has, you know, continued to, to show why they are, you know, the strength, uh, you know, of the team. Minus, again, the Kansas City game. You know, they, I think they played, uh, you know, pretty decent in, uh, against Houston. That should have been, you know, in my opinion, this team should be 3-1 and one right now. But the way they showed up against, um, you know, Tennessee the week after and bounced back and, you know, just made it hell for Mariota. And then also, you know, them uh, and then the special teams also coming through on the uh, on the game against Denver, man. It's just so far, man, I'm, I'm happy for them to be 2-2 two and two at the quarter of the season. Man. If you could talk to every real Jag fan out there, 
and sit there thinking first quarter of the first game, Foles goes out, you probably just got your heart ripped out like some Indiana Jones type stuff. <laughs> like you were just like, uh, come on, man. Like, are we serious? That thought and that feeling's a distant memory. Because you know everybody in that stadium was like, oh, gosh, man. Everybody at home, oh, my goodness. That thought is long gone because Minshew's just been unbelievable. And the team has fed off of that. You know, they're starting to really feed off of that. And that's what happens with the, you know, you know, you can call it you know, unity, cohesiveness, uh, whatever you want to call it, whatever word you want to use to describe it. It's like, you know, boom, it's uh, it's it's, it's magic. It's amazing. So to, to be two and two, yeah, I agree. We should be three and one. Stupid call is is great. So you know we basically got a fresh fresh start in the division, and we have some winnable games coming up uh, that could really you know push us ahead, and we could you know get some lead. You know, like I, I've said this a couple times already. When when Foles does get back, that'll be the best problem that the Jags have ever had in the last four years. It'll be a problem, but it'll be the best one because it's like, what do we do? Keep riding the Minshew train or go back to Foles? Me personally, if we keep winning, I think we need to keep riding the Minshew train. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, that'd be pretty tough to go back at this point, especially with all the exposure it's gotten. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, but at the same time, you can't have an $80 million quarterback being the backup either. I mean, you can. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, they had, they're they selling Minshew mini ticket packs now that come with a mustache and a headband. Did you see that? Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. It's uh, You mean you mean they didn't – so it's a mustache and a headband, not an athletic supporter. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> athletic supporter? Uh, uh, what, what is it? Athletics, <laughs> like a jock strap. I, I, I went with the athletic supporter. So uh, right. I, I wish I wish it came with an officially licensed T-shirt. That's what I like. Only if it's <laughs> only if it's officially licensed. <laughs> Those are the only shirts I wear. Oh, man. We are in a bit of a T-shirt war here, man. It yeah, is like yeah. you've got the uh, the ones that were licensed, and you've got the ones that aren't licensed. So. It's, um, it's it's like the outsiders. That is a lame reference. Oh, it is. <laughs> Free, it freedom is. of speech. You know, I'm a. Uh, you know, you, you got a, a lot of passionate fan groups out there, and a lot of passionate uh, people that love the team and love wanting to see the team succeed. And then you know, you got you know some that are willing, you know, or not willing, wanting to make a buck. That's my whole thing. Like, who's really passionate and who's wanting to make a buck? All I got to say is you might want to study up on your business a little bit for the ones that want to make a buck because, uh, you know, it hurts when when uh, when things happen and you get left out in the cold. So mm-hmm. uh, that's that's all I'm going to say. It, it, I, I'm not we, – we don't make T-shirts like that, and we're not going to start. But If anybody it, wants to make a Down by the Bank T-shirt. Yeah. I, I mean, if if you do want to make one, you know, holler at us. Maybe you know we can we can try to plug you know and connect that way. But no, it it's, it does stink because you got you, you do have some 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 people out here that are really true Jags fans that uh-huh. have come up with ideas and they've pretty much gotten snake bit. 
uh, and then you have others that are just trying to make a buck. So, yeah, I hear you, man. I mean, you know, it, the the passionate fans and the passionate guys that that have been doing it for a while, you know, they know who they are. You know, you keep doing your thing and keep. Um, you know, living, and of course the community, and of course some of the diehard Jags fans will continue to be there by you. You know, and uh, but it's just one of those things, man, where where we've got a, a hot, you know, player now. Uh, we've got a player where people can actually get a hold of. And who would have thought that someone else, other than Blake Bortles, would have been able to sell T-shirts in this town? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, like just being honest, because I mean, everyone regardless of how he played on the field, people loved Blake. They they genuinely did love him. And now, you know, that he's off in L.A., it, it's just crazy that we get replaced by another, you know, person that embodies Jacksonville, you know, with the mustache and the jorts. Uh, I, I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. And then, speaking of, he won that Snickers uh, Hungriest oh, Player Award. so cool, that necklace. <laughs> the, and then, I mean, but how fitting is it of him to – Take a picture with a necklace on top of a, a Camaro, like a nice just old Southern car, you know, Southern classic. He's got his jorts on. Um, I mean, and just still staying true to himself, man. It's just awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, the whole thing's funny, especially, I mean, somebody had tweeted that there were two or three national broadcasts all at the same time talking about him and, and playing some kind, of, uh, some kind of segment on him. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's so unexpected. Yeah, the one thing I will say is I, I just like the you know it's it's just a great feeling. It's just it's it's a great feeling as a fan. It's like wow, we're finally getting some recognition. We're finally getting some some notoriety as not only just a a, a football team, the, the team itself, but a football city that you know you can embrace a player and embrace a. It's almost like it's a culture, man. If you look at these, you know, these diehard, whether if it's Bears or Steelers, I mean, they show up. They they show up in their black and yellow. They show up in their Ditka gear. Ditka hasn't coached the Bears in almost 30 years, and you still see people with Ditka stuff on. Mm-hmm. Think about that. When was the last time you seen Mike Ditka in anything Bears, you know, besides just maybe some promo events? Right. And people still wear the Ditka stuff. That's what we're missing. You don't see people wearing Tom Coughlin stuff. You don't see people <laughs> wearing, you know, you got a couple of people that wear some Baselli stuff, some Brunel, uh, maybe a Jimmy Smith jersey, but no, like, hats or T-shirts or merchandise, something. Now we have that. So to now it's what are we going to do? What is the team going to do? Are they going to, you know, embrace it, which it seems like they have, um, and are they going to continue to grow it? Because I, I think that, you know, sure, it's it's – Minshew's likeness, so he should definitely be, you know, profiting off of it. But it's also because he's putting everything he has into those games on Sunday to get W, so that he should be getting compensated. And also, at the same time, we should be encouraging that as a fan base to making sure that, you know, we give a crap about our team. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, I like all the creativity from the fans. It kind of stinks that you have, uh, I mean, I understand the licensing and the business aspect of it, but it does kind of stink that there's a little bit of a, um, I guess you could call it a forcing out of some of the smaller uh, folks that are trying to put out cool material and cool, uh, you know, graphic design. So that sucks, but I get it. I mean, it is a business, and like you said, I mean, people do want to make money off this, including Gardner Minshew himself. 
Um, so it is what it is. But, it's, I mean, all the back and forth and the bickering on social media about this stuff is super entertaining, to be honest with you. It's really <laughs> helped, me, helped, me, helped me get through the week. Um, oh, man, it's fun. It's fun stuff. Yeah, so um, looking ahead, I mean, it sounds like uh, based on the schedule that, um, you know, it seems like we should be pretty optimistic, I would think, right? I mean, the Panthers, I mean, I, I don't know much about the quarterback that took Cam Newton's place, but evidently he's 3-0, and so it's not as much of a cakewalk game as I thought it would be leading into next quarter. Yeah, no, and then plus you got, you know, White Lightning back there. You've got Christian McCaffrey, who's actually leading the league in, um, you know, rushing and you and isn't all – Purpose back. He, he can run it. He can catch it out of that out of the backfield. He's like Booby Miles from uh, any given any given uh, not any given Sunday, but uh, Friday Night Lights when mm-hmm. his uncles in the in the uh, stands like he can throw it. He can catch it. He'll even come by and wash the car for you on Saturday afternoon. You know. So I mean, right. I think I think you know McCaffrey is definitely going to be a tough uh, you know a tough guy. But I think their defense is actually pretty good too. You know. So you've got Luke Keekley. That's there, you know, one of the linebackers. I think I don't know. He's not hurt, is he, Derek? Keekley? No, it's a yeah. uh, defensive tackle. Uh, okay, Smoot or something. Yeah, Smoot is. Uh, I think he's out for the year, or he's on IR. Um, but no, Keekley's still there. Somebody we definitely got to watch out for. But it, it's two winnable games coming up against the, the Panthers and the Saints. Uh, you know, the, the, the Saints offense, you know, I know we're looking a couple of games ahead, but definitely not the same without Drew Brees. And he still can't grip a football, so we won't see him, you know, at all. And then this, with this one coming up, Kyle, Kyle Allen's been playing, you know, fairly fairly well. So it's going to be two young quarterbacks that weren't expected to play this year are going to, you know, lead their teams on the field, and, and we can see what they can do. Uh, stopping the runs is going to be number one, and then uh, containing Greg Olson. Uh, that does concern me a bit, although he's older. The the weakest part of our defense is up the middle, um, as far as like the you know once you get to the second level. Kawan so Short, Kawan Short is who's, who's Kawan Short. Okay, not yeah, yeah, Kawan yeah. Short. Okay, I'm sorry. That that concerns me right there. Is just you know up the middle passes and and things off play action with with McCaffrey and then also McCaffrey out of the backfield. You know, it just you know, like you said earlier, you could do it all, man. We, we might even see a halfback pass or two. Who knows? It, it's it's going to be interesting for the defense, you know, two weeks in a row to have two and not looking forward to to the Saints, but it's going to be very interesting for the defense to handle two premier, you know, running backs in Kamara and uh, McCaffrey, two back, back-to-back weeks, you yeah. know, and, and then just looking forward to the rest of the, the quarter of the, or the second half or the first half, closing it out. you got the Bengals and the Jets. Um, not much to really say <laughs> about both of those teams. So, but I mean, it, it's it's really going to be a. Uh, I think you you can't take Kyle Allen. Uh, you know, can't take him lightly. Um, you know, you've also got to watch out for you know on the defensive line for Carolina. They've got a pretty good um, you know set of guys uh, kind of on the far, farther end of their career. You know, and Gerald McCoy and Don Terry Poe. Um, you know, a couple other names, but, you know, Bruce Irvin's out there as, as a linebacker. And you can't forget about uh, Eric Reed, who's a strong safety, you know, for them as well. So I can really see, you know, a veteran like him causing some issues for Minshew uh, in the passing uh, game because there's not very much that he hasn't seen. And you can definitely, you know, know that they're probably going to either be shadowing DJ Chart or um, probably Conley. 
And that's going to leave, you know, pretty much D.D. Westbrook and, uh, you know, maybe O'Shaughnessy to, you know, kind of carry up the load. But I think the, the secret's out on D.J. Chark. Yeah, he's up there. He's up there in the uh, rankings too, isn't he? In wide receivers, I know Minshew's up there in a lot of statistics, but is uh, is is Chark up there too? Yeah, he he's he's up there for for receiving yards. Okay. Yeah, probably receiving yards and you know average per catch because he's really been stretching the field. You know, all all, all the receivers are definitely getting a, a fair shake on, on basically a group that was very questionable going into the season. Bottoms in the league. I think all the publications had them listed in 30, 31, 32. I mean, you could arguably put them, gosh, top 10, top 15, easy. Uh, all, all, you know, the Lee uh, is finally starting to, you know, good night, man. I never thought I'd say that, but he actually did some things very well in the Denver game. Well, that's then, one of the things, uh, yeah. that, my bad, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's good. It's just, it's just that's a group that has completely turned it around. So hats off to all those guys, man. That's one of the things Mike Duraco said when we did our camp that our receiver room actually looks like a receivers. I mean, you know, you think about how long, and for our diehard Jags fans, you know, our, our receivers, you couldn't even identify number one. Even with A. Rob and you know Alan Hearns here, you still had you know you two number twos that were playing and that were. You know, there was no definite number one. And as much as the regime would say, yeah, I think it's good that we don't have an actual number one, you know, it keeps teams on their toes when they actually didn't. You know, so um, – and and shout out to Keelan Cole for redeeming himself uh, in the game also and, and making that catch on, on a Minshew scramble. It's just it, – you know, like you said before, it's a great feeling, man, to, to see them, you know, go out there and compete and, uh, you know, play hard and, and actually be on the, the, the other side, on the winning side. So – um, I, I don't think that we uh, as, as uh, have seen the best out of them. Um, I think we're, we're just now starting to see what they're capable of, and hopefully this this train this trend continues uh, going into the, you know the middle of the season. Yeah, before we uh, close out, man, we had an actual listener. That's crazy. We, <laughs> we actually had a listener that was at the Denver game, um, and I'm pretty sure amongst other listeners. Uh, but he sent us a picture. You guys didn't. So uh, Adam Demoy, uh, you know, he was out rocking the old school Hulk, Hulkamania, um, you know, bandana, which is awesome, and a Brunel jersey. Um, but we posted a Twitter question, um, you know, not really a question, but just a statement. You know, happy International Podcasters Day. So shout out to all the other podcasts. Um, you know, out there as well. But, um, you know, asked for a couple of thoughts in the first quarter of the season, and it's pretty long-winded answer, so I'll do my best to kind of paraphrase it. But uh, a team that started out desperately searching for a leader has found one by accident. Minshew's the man, we know. Yeah. Uh, as uh, as as Adam was at the game on Sunday, you can see the contrast between a leader in, in Minshew and non-leader in Flacco. Uh, the team rallied around <laughs> – the team rallied around <laughs> Minshew – and, uh, you know, as he took some hard shots from Von Miller and got back up, uh, Adam believes that the defense got a spark from seeing the toughness and the determination. And, you know, that's probably why we got it. And he's, he likes to chime in on the Jalen Ramsey situation, thinks he'll be finished out the season as a Jag and get traded. I think that's the best situation for the team going forward. You know, if you're going to have to trade him, you know, do it when you know everybody's bluff. You know what I mean? That was all his tweet? Yeah, he continued it. He, it was oh, my two, gosh. It was, two, it was two tweets. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Essay. I was like, man, that's pretty good, though. I like that. He's a he's been a long time listener too. I think so. Appreciate him. 
Yeah, but um, I don't know if you guys got anything else, but I think that's uh, that's going to wrap it up. I, I think we're all excited for the for the Carolina game. And uh, what's what's the name of the, the, the podcast we're jumping on tomorrow? Um, give me one second. Let me go ahead and pull it up. Yeah, we got invited by another surprise. We we got invited by another uh, podcast group uh, called uh, Panther Nation Podcast. So their Twitter handle is at Panther Nation PC. So um, we'll be hopping on with those guys tomorrow talking, uh, you know, going behind the enemy lines, talking a little bit about the Jaguars. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get some information on uh, the Panthers. And hopefully Doug Marone and coaches are listening. So they'll know how to scheme, you know, for the Panthers, uh, you know, this coming. Sunday. <laughs> cool, man. You guys are celebrities. I wasn't even invited to this thing. You, oh, were, actually, whatever, you, you were invited, but you're busy. Yeah. <laughs> you, you got a Rotary Club meeting or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rotary Club. That's funny. Um, all right, well, cool. Well, if you guys are on Apple Podcasts, please uh, leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to you guys next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.